Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. It's Friday, <laughs> and the Wake Before the Day podcast is coming in hot. It's your movie trailer voice. That's, That's it. nice. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Actually, before we jump into Mark 4, I have a riddle for you. I okay, I'll do my best. Call me the Riddler, Batman. What no. is the difference between a jeweler and a jailer? What is the difference? Is this from Kirby or is this a real like is this from one of our kids and they made this up or this is from real life? This is from my own brain. Actually Ooh, my own brain too. and I, I read something. I, saw it and and I, like, oh, I, I like riddles. What's the difference I, between a jeweler and a jailer? The spelling. Close. A jeweler <laughs> sells watches, and a jailer watches sells. <laughs> My word. <laughs> Move on, you guys. Just delete that from your brain. Uh, <laughs> or you can use it to your coworker if you want to build some street cred, oh, because yeah. that riddles are cool. Oh, okay. The reason, the reason why <laughs> I, I had, looking back at some old riddles, that kind of came to my mind. Yeah, why? Or because we're coming across the parables of Jesus. And it's not that parables are necessarily riddles because he's not trying to trick people, but is a way of teaching that uses at times confusing language and does, in fact, make you think a lot. And so in Mark 4, Mm -hmm. he has the parable of the sower. Um, He talks about the parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed. And so a few years ago, we actually did a sermon series on parables Mm -hmm. and entitled The Parables of Jesus, but they're, they're essentially stories with spiritual truths. And oftentimes you use common language that's really understandable to make a spiritual truth claim. So seeds, dirt, sunlight, darkness, fish, coin, yeah, all these different things. Um, and really, for, for me at least, the first like 20 verses is kind of where I, I parked myself. Yeah. Yeah, you brought it up. It's good. Well, it like you said, it uses common language, so people will be able to like track and understand. Mm-hmm. But it is this kind of like it you you have to dig deeper into the story. Like you have to ask questions. You have to bring up like, wait, what? Who's this guy? What's he talking about? And it, it was a way kind of. Um, to stir curiosity, but also to sift and kind of filter yeah. these. Because really, at this point, you know, we're not, we haven't gotten to like the pinnacle where the, Jesus um, is. He's about to feed five thousand, and and then it's just like straight up chaos. Mm-hmm. Like he's got so many followers, uh, but he is gaining more attention. And so there's people that are just kind of, you know, I just want to know who is this guy. Yeah. And then there's people that are there. I I need to know. Tell me more about Yahweh. Yep. Tell me more about the kingdom of God. Uh, and so that's kind of a little bit more of the purpose there too with the reason parables are so useful and why Jesus uses them all the time to that way he could really sift and see who wants this. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's essentially a filter to figure out who's paying attention, who's eagerly desiring truth, who wants to follow Jesus. And for me, verses 16 and 17 of the parable of the sower Uh, To summarize it, Jesus is saying you scatter seed, and depending on where that seed, like the gospel, the evangelism, the spreading of the word, is is placed, um, sometimes it falls on, um, like, the rocky soil, it's picked up. Sometimes it falls in fertile soil, it takes root. Sometimes birds come and snatch it away. But what what stood out to me was verse 16 and 17. Hmm. Right in the middle of it, 
Jesus says, others, like seed sown on rocky places, they hear the word of God and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And Mm. for me, this part of the parable really resonates with me where I'm at just in my life and the conversations I'm I'm having with a lot of people, especially people who are Christians, people who have heard the word. Yeah. Yeah or who claim to be Christian at least, who hear the word, they they think they love Jesus, they like it, but then when persecution comes, when hardship comes, they're quick to fall away. Mm -hmm. And um, and the common theme in many of these conversations pertaining to verses 16 and 17, when trouble or persecution come, especially because of like your belief in God or your faith, people fall away, is because people did not feel, if I'm using their words, they had the freedom to ask hard questions and bring up their doubts on their spiritual journey. And eventually they came to a point in time where relationships mm. fell apart, something hard happened, right. and then they realized their faith was like a house of cards. Mm. And one card on the mm. bottom's plucked, and the house of cards comes tumbling down. Mm. And so to you listening today, I just want to bless you and say, ask your questions. Bring up your yeah. doubts. Don't be afraid of being judged. If everyone's honest, everybody has questions and doubts when it comes to the faith, how the Spirit's working, what happens when we pray, eternity, heaven, hell, everything. Just feel free to ask them because if we don't address them now, Hmm. they will come up eventually. They will come up eventually. Recently, I was having lunch with a buddy who I really love, really love. And as we were talking, we're talking about kind of his deconstruction story and how he's reconstructing it. trying to figure out what he thinks about God, Jesus, the Bible. Mm. And in talking to him, um, didn't mention scripture at all. Some talk of Jesus, not much, none of the spirit or the father. And a lot of Enneagram, like a lot of Enneagram. And Hmm. as I listened, it's fascinating, can be a helpful tool. It's got an interesting um, origin story and how it even came to be where it's at today. That's for another time. But at the end of our conversation, it just really struck me to say, like, buddy, when you're at a point where you need to pray over your children or you're in a, a point where you're coming up against evil or you're celebrating or whatever it is, mm-hmm. like being an Enneagram 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever, ain't going to help you. Like you mm-hmm. actually need the gospel, you need the living word in Jesus, and you need the written word in the Bible to hold on to, to guide and to navigate. Because if we don't hold on to these things, like it says in the parable, then we have no root. And after a time when hardship comes... That, that, that quickly fall away. Yeah. And so I say that with utmost grace, love, respect for this individual, but also for many people out there who are at a point where they're questioning and wondering and all that. And maybe they're at a place where they're not feeling, I can't ask my questions. Please ask them. Right. Well, because Jesus, like we said, that's one of the big purposes of parables is sifting and saying like, who, who is going to ask? Who's actually longing and wants to know more? Because verse 10 talks about the disciples and we know, like we know Jesus' heart for the disciples. We know G- they were they were in his inner circle and, and they don't understand. And so they're asking questions and they're the ones what, is it verse 10? No, you're good. Yeah, I was just trying to look ahead at verse 20, 22. You keep going. Oh, sorry. Anyway, but that's just, um, you know, that alone just speaks to really the heart of Jesus saying, like, come um, learn more about me. Spend time with me. And so us, you know, as kind of the gatekeepers of our home, parents, um, whatever, your apartment, your roommates, like you you in your spiritual authority, whatever that looks like for you, um, 
be open to asking questions yes. and because Jesus invites them, you know? <laughs> yeah, he really does. And then if you, you know, the disciples in, in verse 10, they're like, dude, we don't understand what's going on. Like you said, like, what are you talking about? Right. Jesus has to break it down really simply. But I appreciate verse 22 when you jump ahead. He says, whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Mm. Essentially, what he's saying is like, I'm not trying to trick you guys. I'm trying to teach you things. And when you're brought, when you bring this into the light, it's meant to expose. It's meant to bring revelation um, or like the word enlightenment. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the light bulb goes off. Ding. I'm starting to connect the dots now. And obviously everything runs in and through and by and for Jesus. Mm. And so that just gives me that reassurance that unlike a riddle where maybe you know, our daughter is trying to trick us and stump us, um, Jesus is not trying to do that, but he is trying to f- figure out here in ministry here is who's following me, who's earnest, who's genuine, who's sincere. Yeah. And if you are, hey, Kit Kat, how are you doing, sweetheart? Hi. You want to say hi? Yeah. Oh, great. Please do. Hi. It's Kit. It's Kit again. Do you have anything to say today, Kit? Yeah. We paint the pumpkins. You what? We paint the pumpkins. Okay. And we paint them. All right. Thank you. I can't wait to see those pumpkins. Do you um, have anything to say about Jesus in the storm? We should have a stone. And guys, and they eat your food. He's eating oh. food in the storm? <laughs> or you want to eat some food? Yeah. But anyways, going back to the heart of God, yeah. it's just that he wants to share with us. And so actually, yeah, kind of natural transition, that was what stuck out to you at the end of the chapter was the storm. Yeah. And Jesus calming the storm. Yeah, just really quick, verses 35 through 41 kind of talk about what happened when the disciples and Jesus um, get on a boat, they go to the other side of the lake, and this big swell, a big storm shows up, and uh, the disciples find Jesus uh, in the stern, asleep on the cushion, that's verse 38. They woke him and said, teacher, do you care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? So just a couple things. Um, You know, we've learned that Jesus has power and authority on earth, just with Mark's um, chapter one, two, three already. We've seen him, um, you know, perform miracles. We've seen him call the 12 disciples. We've seen him um, do healings and uh, yeah, just kind of talk about the Sabbath and like we've seen his power and earth over um, the church. Excuse me. We've seen his authority and power over the church and now the disciples are seeing his power and his authority over all of creation. Amen. Over the wind and over the waves. So this is new territory for them. And another thing that this little um, chunk of scripture just kind of revealed today reading it was that not only is this about his power and authority, but this is also about the identity of God. This is about who Jesus is because you see the reaction of the disciples um, is one that's actually questioning God, Jesus and his goodness, Jesus and his heart. So that back to verse 38, he was asleep on his cushion and they said, teacher, do you not care? Do you not care that we are perishing? (laughs) And 
And what I love about this is um, Jesus stands up and he rebukes the wind. Like, I'm sure they didn't think that was coming. Like if anything was coming, it was like, oh, abandoned ship. All is lost. You know, we'll survive. Hope you guys can swim. Okay. Okay. And um, what happened was just this complete um, calm that came over and this peace that came over by the word of Jesus. And as we kind of process that together, we just realized how, isn't that us? Isn't that me? I mean, I'll speak for myself in life. So not only do I point to my circumstance and say like, oh, Lord, you, this is hard. This is, but then I'll just jump right to the nature, the character, the goodness of God and say, God, don't you see me? Don't you care about, about what's going on? You know, because surely you would help me if you did or you're awake. Um, but re- what we realize in this passage is that the, the disciples and their focus is the storm. It's not on the identity of who Jesus is. Play with magnetiles. That's good. Um because if it was, if their focus was on Jesus and his identity, they would be sleeping too. They would be enjoying, you know, it's always best weather to sleep when it's rainy and cool. And so they would be enjoying It was definitely rainy and cool. In the boat too. And so, um, yes, just really grateful for Holy Spirit lifting that. That this isn't mm-hmm. just a story about Jesus and his power. This is a story about Jesus mm-hmm. and his heart. And then one little tidbit too at the end is Jesus says, you know, have you have you still no faith? And then what happens here is verse 41 says, and they were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, who is this? Yeah. And it's so curious to me that they weren't filled with faith at that time, but they were filled with fear. And I want to encourage you that we sometimes get confused by this statement that we are to fear the Lord. The Proverbs talk about it all over their Old Testament. You hear about fearing the Lord and how that's the beginning of wisdom, how that, um, you know, in our fear of the Lord. And it's not, um, it's not a fear that we know, a fear because uh, we're scared or a fear because of a threat. It's a fear because of the goodness who he is whoopee, mm-hmm. and because of his power, what yeah. this verse is revealing. Yeah. It's man, this guy is so good. He cares about us and he, he saves us from the storm and he does it in a way that's so unorthodox, in a way that we could never expect or do ourselves. Um, he actually calls yeah. creation into submission to him. And so just really encouraged by that today, the end of chapter four. Well, I think of what you said, it really naturally goes back to the parable of the sower, verses 16 and 17 on the do you care point. Sure. Because I feel like the 16 and 17, when, when the gospel doesn't have deeper roots in our heart, those are the questions mm, we ask. Like, right. God, where are you? Don't you care about me? Why would you let this happen? It's a good connection. People yeah. abandon ship and fall away mm. where... Here you see, not only is God authoritative, good, Mm -hmm, and strong mm -hmm. above creation and and the elements, but also, of course he cares, you know? Yeah. Uh, And if we realized, like you said, and we remembered who God is, we'd be sleeping in that storm as well. Mm. So, hey, riddles, parables, Mark chapter 4. And it's Friday. Friday. It's Friday. (laughs) It's Friday. That's right. So God bless you this weekend. Um, Pray that you'd have... uh, fun time with your relatives, your friends, your community. And as always, we hope to see on Sunday. Mm -hmm. God bless you and uh, stay tuned. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.